Welcome back to the final episode of Not Another Fitness Podcast. I'm joined here by George Cox and Deborah Draper, who work at Gracie Baja Yeovil, which is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym. Um, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Um, stupendous. Stupendous. Um, awesome. So just quickly tell us a little bit about both of yourselves um, so we get to know who we're talking to, essentially. Sure. So... Um... My name's Deborah. I've been working with Gracie Barha Yogi for a number of years now. I've been training jiu-jitsu for um, three and a half years. Started helping out coaching kids' classes, um, moved on to sort of coaching the adult class stuff now. Love jiu-jitsu. Um, I got into jiu-jitsu because I was training another martial art first. We can jump into that later if anyone's interested. Yeah, um, yeah so that's basically me in regards to this. Anything else? Yes. No? no, it's completely up to you. You can have life stories or you can <laughs> keep it two sentences. Georgie boy. Lovely stuff. So I've been actually working as a coach in jiu-jitsu for about a year now, I'd probably say. And in <clears> terms <throat> of training jiu-jitsu minus, you know, COVID traveling and everything along those lines, I've been training for probably about three years now. So, I've, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I don't have a great deal of knowledge about the stuff, but it's, you know, it's always a learning process. You're always growing. You're always developing. Awesome. No black belt here. Exactly. Awesome. No. <laughs> um, awesome. So something that I want to get, uh, well, especially in the run up to the end of the year, it's been a it's been a weird year. Um, I think we all we all we all know that. Um, by now, I just wanted to get your biggest insight from 2020. I think for me personally, it's been adaptability. You know. As you said, the world the world as we know it has completely changed in terms of how we've been able to cope with it. Being a grappling martial art and you're not allowed to grapple with other people creates a fair few challenges. Yeah. And being able to adapt and to overcome that is definitely something which has helped my mindset, I think, of being able to think, right, well, we can't change the situation that we're in, so what can we do about it to do what we can to you know, make things work for us? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really really love that um i have to agree with you on that i think from i would say my biggest takeaway has yeah. been the power of being in a tribe in a community yeah so we'll everyone who's at at grace bar the oval all different all different backgrounds all that kind of thing covid19 hit it's hit us all in different different ways um we went through three months where we couldn't meet up couldn't train at all None of us been able to do the sport that we absolutely love since. It's March. infectious, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, it yeah. absolutely. I, well, I've been here like two two months now, like properly for two months, yeah. and hooked, absolutely hooked. It's strange rolling strange. rolling around with strange men getting sweaty <laughs> in your pajamas, but What's it's amazingly love? beautiful thing. I butted in then. Carry, carry on. Yeah, no, no, definitely. But it's that. Uh, it's just that thought of being like, okay, so. We've all been in this this situation. We can't do that sport that we love, but we as soon as we were allowed to get back to training, as soon as we were allowed to get back to classes, people were back here. It's yeah. like what you said as well, mm -hmm. the adaptability, working out how can we train, how can we do what we love in the situation. Everyone's looking out for each other. Yeah, like I've, people that have contacted us with um, who've been in our team who've just had a really rough time from the isolation, from lockdown. Um, and then just relying on each other, working together, 
and we wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for all the people around us, I think. No, I, yeah. I completely agree with that. It, g- it gives you a reason. Mm-hmm. It's a purpose. It's not just like, yeah. nah, it's, it's, it's a purpose. It's the accountability there. Awesome. So let's get started on what the hell is jiu-jitsu. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, BJJ, <laughs> jits, anything else it might be called. Um, so essentially... Ground karate. Ground karate. <laughs> Violent, violent, meditative, meditative yoga. Yeah, yeah violent yoga. That's violent that's, yoga, that's violent meditation. Um, so, what what is what is BJJ? So, jujitsu is a grappling martial art. A lot of people would probably recognize judo a little bit more. So, it's very similar to judo in respects that it comes from the same sort of family. So, you know, we're going back a couple hundred of years ago guy called Kano, sort of the founder of judo when japan was no longer at war they basically were like well we need to keep this sport turn it in we'll keep this sort of style of fighting so to speak because they weren't fighting each other mm. so they thought well let's turn it into a sport instead so judo came from there and then you had a guy sort of one of his students went traveling around the world and in the late you know, late 1800s early 1900s yeah bumped into Gracies and that sort of stuff. So just bumped had, into him. Just bumped yeah, into yeah, him. Yeah, the the name we all know. <laughs> so it literally started off in, I'd say, the early 1900s. You know, forgive me if I get any of the dates wrong. So uh, don't, don't as long worry. as you say ish yeah. around this time, no one's going to you know. <laughs> exactly. If I give an exact year, then people will be like, actually, it was uh, two years beforehand, but I digress. So this guy made up, was going around doing almost like performances, a little bit like a circus sort of thing, yeah. where it's a small Japanese guy just beating up a load of bigger people. And I think it was Carlos Gracie Sr. who sort of saw this, and he was fascinated by it. It's just, yeah. you know, most people sort of see, you know, the sizes of people, and, you know, they think, oh, the bigger guy's going to win, the bigger, stronger person's going to win, uh, without thinking about the sort of technical aspect of it. Yeah, You know, if a smaller person can apply this technique where they don't have strength, then you will overcome strength. So they learned about, they learned as much as they could from Maida before he up sticks and started traveling around doing more bits and pieces. And then the Gracies almost had to fill in the gaps, so to speak, because they were only there for a handful of years with Maida. So they had to pick up from where they left off. And that's where Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu sort of arcs away from like Japanese Jiu-Jitsu and Judo. Yeah, that was was actually one of my next questions, is is how does it differ by Kat Karel? It literally... Yeah, so Carlos Gracie Sr. went teaching all of his brothers, and then I think one day he wasn't able to to, to train for whatever reason, whether or not he was ill, and he, the smallest brother, Helio Gracie, basically had to sort of step in and do stuff. He'd just been sort of watching the classes because yeah. he was the smallest Gracie. So, again, where technique sort of favours over size and strength, you sort of learn how to work off of your back a little bit, which I think is where... Jiu-Jitsu differs from other grappling martial arts, such as uh, Greco-Roman, Sambo, and everything along those lines. Yeah. If you think of like all-American wrestling, they don't want to be pinned on their back. Whereas if you're a smaller person, chances are you're going to be pinned down t- to some degree by a larger opponent. So being the smallest Gracie's is like, well, I'm on my back anyway. I may as well learn to work from this position. Mm. And as that sort of grew and developed through time we're going now into sort of the 60s and the 70s where bruce lee was becoming a massive thing you know everybody's got like karate kid and everything on those lines green hornet and 
Hollywood is huge with karate. Jiu-Jitsu was, you know, sort of building momentum in the background, so to speak. Yeah. And it wasn't really until uh, the UFC came around in the, <laughs> the late, the early 90s. Yeah. Which is basically like a, the biggest advertisement ever for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. Even so, that they picked deliberately one of the smallest Gracies in Hoist Gracie to be like, all right, we don't even need to send our best Gracie to show you where this confident our martial art is going to be the most effective against, you know, kickboxing and all that sort yeah. of stuff. It was a bit of a ballsy move. It was literally like, oh yeah, you know, fair, like respect. I love that sort of shit. Yeah, exactly. Before before the UF before the UFC came around, they had something called the Gracie Challenge, and they yeah. basically offer a hundred thousand dollars to anybody who could beat them. And all of them, or one of them, just one of them. They offered a hundred thousand dollars to anybody who could beat them, and nobody was able to do it. Mainly because nobody knew what jiu-jitsu was. Go on. <laughs> You're like, oh, give it a go. Yeah, and trip to Brazil, isn't it? That's all I'm thinking. Holiday. <laughs> it would just be a pretty awesome thing, in my, in all fairness. But then, following UFC 1, that really put Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu on the map. And then people sort yeah. of learned that this stuff is out there. And it sort of, you know, has grown and evolved to this day. And grappling has always been a dominant style of fighting. If you've got kickboxers, boxers, or anything along those lines, they need that distance to generate power to land their strikes. But with grappling, you take away that space. You could be the best kickboxer in the world, but if you're too close to me, you know, if I'm too close for you to be able to hit me, then you can't generate that power. And if I've got more technical experience in the grappling side of things, mm-hmm. then the grappler is going to win. I think you know, if you look at it in a self-defense situation, mm-hmm. most fights end up on the floor. Mm-hmm. Most, uh, just a sort of anecdote. One time, I like um, me and Sam were. He, He'll definitely he'll definitely be on the podcast soon. Yeah, sure. He probably won't talk about jujitsu, but we're definitely gonna have him on. <laughs> I don't care. That's like my I'll pin him down if I have to. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, yeah. Good, luck. good, yeah, good luck. <laughs> he pinned me down early. I'm just not like that. But um... you buy your drink first. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. There was no warming up. It was like right, get on the boards. Okay. <laughs> right, this up. Oh, sorry, sir. Uh, but, yeah, but, sorry. Yeah, so we were outside Tesco, and there was this like just kerfuffle fight. The two young like lads over a te- um over like a, a parking space and like one of them threw a punch and then they just ended up like grappled up you know like you're clinched up up with each other and they both got you and we're just holding our shopping and I was like you coach one I'll coach the other <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're both just looking at them like there was nothing violent it wasn't like we had to jump in and stop anything there not that you have to do that anyway but yeah we were just kind of going on like neither knew what they were doing and they were just standing there like with their arms up i just see that as an incredible opportunity to pitch (laughs) (laughs) guys you never guess what (laughs) if you actually wanted to learn how to fight come on down yeah that sort of all of all through to punches like you said as soon as you end up in that situation Mm. punches you know you're not not really using them and that's the thing that if you look at it from a professional standpoint you look at you know mixed martial arts today and everything along those lines the people not necessarily who make the most amount of money i don't you know one of the things i heard somewhere is striking is going to make you famous but grappling is going to make you successful in terms of like a professional record and that sort of stuff if you have a look at like the looks of the likes of conor mcgregor striking is exciting throwing that left hand well yeah it's finishing finishing people in the first round didn't it like nine (laughs) seconds in what how long was aldo undefeated uh he was undefeated 10 years and got knocked out in 13 seconds i think 
Mystic Mac. Yeah. Oh, man. Mystic so, yeah. Mac. Striking is exciting for for people. They don't. Yeah. If you don't understand the the grappling technicalities, like we we all it, we all know Mayweather. We all know Fury. Exactly. We all know Joshua. Like yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't until the likes of Habib fought Conor McGregor, <laughs> nobody knew who Habib was. Yeah. Well, as in True. like the average Joe, the people who sort of been watching mixed martial arts for a long time, sort of seeing him on the rise, and it's like this guy's pretty savvy. He knows what he's doing. But it wasn't until, you know, you've got this big famous person meeting somebody who is, you know, successful in the grappling, you know, just fought this weekend and retired at 29 and 0. And mm. that's unheard of in mixed martial arts because there are so many different ways of winning and losing. <laughs> I, don't think, he, I don't think he's going to grapple without his dad. No. I don't think he's going to grapple without his dad. He's just got that. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shame to, but to retire with a 30 and 0, like, 30 wins and I think I've seen where like champions just walk away after they've won their first title. I'm like, defend it, go on, you know, you want it. Like, I, there's some like, uh, yeah, like I've seen it before. I'm like, oh, come on, mm-hmm. come on, like, let's let's retain it, go on, dare you. No, I can't wait to see you complete. If, yeah, if you look at the greats of either who began, you know, if you were to create like a Mount Rushmore, so to speak, of fighters, you've got. Royce Gracie, first person to do it, jiu-jitsu practitioner. Then you've got to have, like, George St. Pierre on there, who's a fantastic wrestler. And then you can have the likes of John Jones, who's also got a really good Greco-Roman wrestling background, and then Habib. So in all styles of fighting, grappling always has this thing. As Mm. Deb was saying earlier, 99% of altercations are going to end up in the grappling situation because people sort of, you know, might overthrow a strike and then they sort of get go down to the ground yeah a bit of a scuffle so having that technical knowledge of being able to mobilize your opponent meaning you don't get hurt and if you can you know diffuse it without them getting hurt that's quite a nice thing in my opinion with striking somebody's going to get hurt whether or not you get punched in the face or punch them in the face i think so what we always say to the kids here when Mm. we're teaching them about um defending themselves using jujitsu if they're being bullied if someone's trying to like hurt them or something we always talk about fighting fire with water rather than fighting fire with fire mm-hmm. so if someone punches you i'm not just going to turn around and punch back and punch you back um it's where they can like diffuse the situation and put out that fire without having to injure or hurt that person but still being able to defend themselves but like you said striking is exciting i could get round up 20 people from the street sitting down they can watch like a boxing match and they're going to have an idea of what's going on okay he's hitting that person a lot more times than he's hitting him mm. round them up let them watch a, two black belts of a fight they're going to be bored mm-hmm. and they're not going to know what's going on mm. like it if you don't understand it it's like listening to a conversation in a foreign language a hundred percent and you know i build up on that in respect of exactly what you've said everybody recognizes what a punch looks like yeah. But to be in that situation where you see just the smallest details of, you know, reaching in and bringing that arm in close so they can't pull it out mm. and basically making it so they can't move, lifting the hips so they're above their head, that sort of thing, and just making it so the other person is just stuck, you put them in a pretzel, then <laughs> it's literally it's, it's one of those things, you just turn them into a pretzel. Some, some of the names are amazing for some of like the moves and the holds and the chokes. Like for the record, I don't think pretzel is a technical term, but you could make it up. Like, oh, we, we were talking that. about like straight jackets and stuff like that. Like mm. I doubt that's a technical term, but like you literally look like you're in a straight jacket. Mm. 
And I've caught you in that before, and like that's like that's about the only time I didn't really know what to do from there. But still, <laughs> yeah. But the I'm amount sure of control that you have. <laughs> Sorry, that was Siri, everyone. Say hello to Siri. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just having that thing where if you can immobilize your opponent, it be it you know in a competitive nature or even in self-defense, it gives you time. It gives you time to think and plan what your next moves are going to be, whether or not you're looking to sort of advance to a more dominant position or whether or not in a self-defense situation, you're like, All right, he's no longer hurting me. Can I get them to calm down? Am I able to get away fast enough or do I have to you know, do something to incapacitate them either, you know, just pin them down until they're calm or aim them to the throat choke to put them to sleep or something. Obviously, you gauge that situation and you react accordingly. Yeah. But it is very much that if you don't know what it is that you're looking at, it can look very boring. But once you have that sort of inside knowledge, it's fascinating. It's like watching poetry in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess because not everyone's going to get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Awesome. Do you have anything else to add? Um. I'm gonna say some jujitsu matches are super fun to watch because they are. Because we have said that before. Sometimes, sometimes it can be super exciting, and it doesn't take long. Like you were saying, you're beginning to understand the memes now. Yes. Yeah. You get the like. There's the Facebook community and. And like George just shows me like jujitsu or sends me jujitsu memes, and like <laughs> it's taken a while, but now I get it. And like I'm like, yeah, okay. I was like, I don't get everything, but I'm getting memes, so that's progress. But it doesn't take yeah. long. You only have no. to training for you know a month or two to understand what positions are good, what positions are not good. When I'm in the guard, I'm be looking to pass the guard. Once I'm inside control, right? They're either looking to progress that position or to get a submission. Uh, if you've never done it at all. You're going to be like, I don't understand what's going on, but it doesn't take long to understand mm. it. And then once you do understand it, you can start watching the match and be like, that looks so cool. Yeah. That looks it's, so um, cool. One thing I really like about it, it's very literal. I'm a very literal person. Everything's comparison. Uh, like, it's very like wordy, like side control. Yeah. Controlling yeah. from the side. Knee on belly. You've got your knee on their belly. We're naked joke. <laughs> Sometimes you're wearing clothes for that one. Sometimes, I don't, whatever you got to in your spare time is, is completely up to you at the end of the day. But, uh, like, yeah, for sure. It's like a, it's, it's very literal in that, like, the way that I coach as well. Like, for me, I'm like, imagine you're doing this. And then it's just one of those yeah. moments. But, like, it's, that's what I, one of the things I really love about jujitsu is the, oh, okay. Like, it is, it's very knee, knee on belly. You have your knee on your belly. Yeah. It's or like I'm just I'm just trying to think of another one like kind of like a bow and arrow like you, you can see why that's a bow and arrow that yeah I'm controlling the back or trying mount triangles, you've yeah. mounted that person mm. I mean you you're not like even, there's even things ergonomically like, there is some differences for what you might be going through your head but like even yeah like turtle that Tur- kind of turtles like, very you, obvious you understand what those, yeah that's a weird position things, yeah like. like brazilian like the brazilian words like but then i think that's quite cool because you're one getting involved with like the brazilian culture and two it's like you can tell it's not like something that sam's made up it's like it's genuine like comes from the gracies yeah i think something that i i may be wrong with i I think it was something that uh victor esteema said when he was um did a seminar here was they didn't used to have names for everything they used to just be like oh yeah the choke that George does. 
Yeah. Like for us, we'd be like, oh, the Zach joke, finally, what have you. So, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? And they would just refer to them as the one that that person really likes to use all the time. And that's where you ended up getting the like Omar Palata and stuff like that. Omar Palata's actually in his shoulder. Okay. Um, so my Portuguese is clearly not very good, is it? It's <laughs> more of a Latin. Latin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh no. Not many of them are. Not many of them are. Sorry, Duolingo. <laughs> Mate, that Duolingo album gets really passive aggressive. It does. I got. I deleted an email. I said you made Duo angry, and I'm like, I'm sorry, Duo. <laughs> I felt like I apologising. It's, it's when they do the things like. Um, this is clearly this not is working. It's not working. Let me turn off notifications for now. Making like I did my lessons yesterday. Maybe I'm like an hour out from when I would normally do them. It's time to do Spanish. Healthy communication with the hours. <laughs> do you Spanish now? Yeah. Uh, anywho, moving on. Uh, so, like like you said, obviously, the the jujitsu Brazilian jujitsu obviously sort of come from the same family but differ slightly how what are the like the key the key differences the key difference, would you would you say in, in your humble but accurate opinion i would say like in just different grappling styles in jiu-jitsu as i was saying earlier jiu-jitsu i feel predominantly focuses off of working off the back whereas in uh like all american wrestling greco roman that sort of stuff ideally being on top is the best position to be in if you can get past their legs and you're controlling you know the side mount or the mount or having their back tick that's they're the best places that you can be but with jujitsu you sort of learn like okay this is definitely an option it's better to be on top but what do you do when you're on your back because as i was saying with helio being a smaller person you're going to end up there anyway i remember when i started off doing jujitsu handful of years ago the first couple of months i was just getting ragdolled i was being put on my back and it's literally getting stuck on the side control like what do i do from here yeah, But now, as you sort of get a little bit more savvy with it and you get a little bit more knowledge, okay, you're like, okay, I'm looking for that, those spaces, I'm looking for those gaps. Mm. And I prefer to work off of my back as opposed to being on top. Because you're very small. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it, it fits you it fits my physically. So you play the game that's going to fit you physically. Exactly. And that's all it is. It's that experimentation of bits and pieces. Also in jiu-jitsu, you've got the gi, which is... Exactly, which... Uh, is where it has its sort of ties and links in with judo when you know wrestling and sort of more european slash american grappling martial arts they don't wear a uniform so to speak the only one i can really think of which is close is like sambo where they'll have like a gi jacket on but they'll be wearing shorts with more of the eastern martial arts like taekwondo karate and jiu-jitsu and judo they have that uniform Exactly, they've got the geese, they've got the dough box and everything along mm. those lines. And then they have like, you know, the belts and sort of the Western culture brought on having like a belt system. You know, back in the day, they didn't have like white belts, blue belts. You just had a belt and the longer you trained, the dirtier it got until it turned black. Mm. Grim, but exactly. like, yeah. yeah. Guys, you can wash your belts. You won't wash out your skills. Please wash your belts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any one you want to like call out from the gym here that doesn't wash their belt or... Don't need to name them. Yeah, if you're if you're if you're rolling like there were, it, it was a kind of tradition, story sort of thing that your skill if you wash your belt, you wash out your skill, which is like I don't know silly. where that came from when it was a Japanese, I don't know. But like it's super important. Hygi- hygiene is really important in jujitsu. I'm Especially just gonna throw in the that out there right now. Mm, yeah, no, if you're rolling some pongs a bit, it's not it's not pleasant, is it? No. It's and plus, when you're like 
in, in like their armpit and then they haven't showered for 36 just... hours you're like <laughs> on the flip side though if you're you know grappling <laughs> and they've got like their ghee smells of lavender or something you're like oh this is nice and you the want to roll with know, them again yeah. <laughs> exactly somebody's got too good a shampoo and you're, you're forgetting to you realize put your ass shave on before <laughs> oh, is that Armani <laughs> they're just Tasty. there going please let me know you're like I'm going to throw this out there. I have one time tapped because the person I was rolling with just smelled so bad that I was just like, I wanted this to be over. It wasn't you, it was okay. Oh, <laughs> I literally, that did happen one time. Cool. So, moving swiftly onwards, what is it that you love most about jiu-jitsu? I like the community. I like the community. But genuinely. Whenever I've gone to compete, and my father said this as well, whenever he's come to a sort of spectator competition, <laughs> my father, <laughs> it's literally been one of those things where jiu-jitsu is such a sport that's built around respect. Yes, because massively. your ego gets checked if you have an ego. It gets checked on the very first day that you come in. It's where doormen get beat up by nerds, and it's, then they never come back. Yeah, it's literally. And you spend a hundred pound on like a class, and that's it. Yeah, you'll have you know this small little Italian woman as an example who's like maybe five foot four and you'll be it's the same height as like, you isn't it george right. hey. <laughs> you know you'll get paired up with this person you're like oh hello i don't want to hurt you she just goes ah, and you're like okay this stuff actually works I'm gonna... she's lovely by the way guys she she's lovely Imar's fantastic but uh it's literally everything's built so much around respect whenever you go to compete there's really rarely any blood bad blood and i think part of that is you know that whenever you're training at the gym or even if you go around traveling, there's always at least one person on the mats who, you know, if you start getting a bit of a big head about yourself, they can put you in your place right away. And if you are the biggest fish in the pond, so to speak, then you're, you've are you been training long enough to sort of know better. And you're yeah. there like, well, I've got nothing to prove. What's the point of me having an ego here? I've got nothing to prove here sort of thing. Yeah. So I like the community. The, be the belt does a talking sort of thing. Exactly. Well, even then, at the end of the day, a belt is just a piece of cloth that covers, you know, two inches of your butt. It's mm -hmm. up to you to cover the rest. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Oh, there's so much to say that I love about it. I think, I honestly think one of the things that has really captured me, not just from, like, from day one, but like throughout the whole thing, is the entire human experience of it. Like, just in an average session, you can see someone frustrated, someone excited, someone um, like nervous, uh, someone like super buzzed that they just got their first sub ever. Got my first sub on a 14 year old. Come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> but it's like, it's, it's everything, everything. And that's one of the reasons I love competing as well. Because in a single day, you see the entire like elements of humanity. And the highs, the lows, the positives, the negatives. Kind of positive without a negative. That's a nugget you can have for free. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like it's it's everything about it. Yeah. So it's you get to learn so much about yourself because you're put in like a really, really kind of tough situations where you have to, and it can be hard. You can go through a day. You can be sub, 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 sub. Me and you catch no one, <laughs> and you suddenly feel like I can't do jujitsu. I can't do jujitsu anymore. I suddenly can't remember anything. But then you get there and you have good days and bad days, and it's just like it's it's never the same. It's just an yeah similar thing with the community thing side as well. Mm. 
is like you've got a police officer, a sailor, a builder, a carpenter, a, like a chef, sort of vet, all these different people, um, a judge, a lawyer, a heart surgeon. And on the maps, we're all equal. You know, there's it doesn't matter how much money you're making, you know, you it, or how your family is or where you're from. Everyone on the maps mm. is like like sort of equal and there together for one passion. And I think one of the most beautiful examples of that is when we had a guy visiting um, family from Poland, and I could speak a tiny bit of Polish. He could speak a tiny bit of English. But we didn't need to talk in a human language because we could talk in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. He was a blue belt, I was a blue belt, and we could just roll. And it's like you just sort of transcend this normal language to being able to to have a really deep connection with this guy who I couldn't I couldn't ask him how his day was, and yet we could connect on a really really deep level through jujitsu. It is true. You thought you do build up a very unique relationship with the people that you train when you roll with yeah just because it's that constant engagement with them you're you know there's nobody in the gym which i don't get on with because mm -hmm. it's just you're with them all the time and when you're able to grapple and to train with them you are going through and you know you'll get caught sometimes you'll catch them sometimes and it's all sort of built up in a fun environment nobody ever feels you know even if you get a, a bad day as deb's are saying where nothing appears to be going right and you get a little bit frustrated it's never at anybody else because everybody's doing it out of respect for one another you know mm. you're not doing anything which is you know considered in poor taste nobody's like you know going ridiculously hard like it's the abu dhabi world finals it's literally at the end of the day you're training with each other you're doing the same thing as they're saying plenty of different backgrounds but you're all doing something that you love together yeah. and you sort of build a community through that just so much fun you're gonna have a really bad day or and you know we actually we're really lucky or no i wouldn't say lucky we are we've actually worked hard for the positions that we're in so it's yes. not a matter of luck and we've made sacrifices to be here mm -hmm. but we have a great work environment we come in we have a laugh yeah we have to work hard but it's always positive and it's always great sometimes i, we, I forget how a lot of people have really horrible jobs that they hate their families that they oh yeah yeah you know and and that's what well, i know people say to me i hate my job i was like okay when you're noticing and then yeah i was like because it's i've just not been in that situation where it's like i don't want to be in a be in a situation and if i have been in a situation i've got myself out of it pretty fucking quickly yeah. you that was you you had to say that it was itchy, you were itchy yeah <laughs> this i'm not very good at being pg clean like no, I, I, I wouldn't I be good on the telly i'd be like imagine me presenting the one show and i just currently like <laughs> Oh yes, that was fucking um. Uh, that's a report from Chris there. <laughs> Cheers, Chris, you dick. <laughs> yeah, like I couldn't do it. I never understood that in like cooking shows, swearing is absolutely fine. But you know, you've got. Oh, if your name's Gordon, yeah. exactly. But you know, all they're doing is making like some falafel or something along those lines. It, you know, smashing up home... some um chickpeas. Exactly. Homes under the hammer where they haven't got a roof and they can't go. When did you him? They haven't even got the fucking roof on just yet. And they go. They haven't got a roof, Gordon. <laughs> And he's going around going, where's the lamb sauce? It's one of those things. What are you? An idiot sandwich. <laughs> exactly. It's just, you know, context is key for everything. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm sure we could take some takes. Jiu-Jitsu is great as well. This is another thing I love about Jiu-Jitsu is you can take some like coaching cues or like when you're explaining something um, like 
these little things just out of context and they sound like fuck <laughs> me what's what's this about and it's like so you want their legs to be nice and loose you want to write spread their legs and then step through like all, all things like that like george has got a list on his phones of inappropriate things that have been said whilst coaching and it's not it's not been like oh yeah make a dirty comment <laughs> it, it, it's very much like uh you just say it and i'm like you're like kind of like oh shit like i don't know if you've got some examples off the top of the top of your head but like it's it's literally things which inside the context if you're in the situation and yeah and you get and you get the jujitsu get the like get jujitsu and stuff like that it makes it makes sense exactly but But when you hear it completely outside of context you know there might be things you know for example if he doesn't use his hips he's never going to get me off sort of thing and it's literally (laughs) in the context of the situation (laughs) in front of a group of children but thankfully thank you to covid there were no parents, so it's all good. But it is one of those. I'd imagine if I was a parent now, I would have pissed myself. Been like, I'm out. Sorry, boys. But that's the thing. <laughs> Go sit the, the car. Context I didn't of even the situation. Yeah. After the class, when he told me, like, that is, it's one of those things where <laughs> you know, whenever you've got that mind oh, of just like gosh. you hear something, and you're like, if that was said outside of context, that can sound really bad. And mm. I just have a flair for apparently hearing these snippets. I've got like, as you said, a whole list of things, and then uh, Deb's uh, younger brother, who is the sweetest person in the world. Oh, he is lovely. He's a lovely boy. But his wordsmithing, he words things in such a way that it's just like I know exactly what you mean, but you need to work on those wordings of things. Examples being, I want, I want examples. Examples um, being, he's like a, yeah, okay, you can go for it. I was gonna say he's like a, he's a minor. You'll be careful what you say about him, but it's fine. You're not saying his age. Exactly. I've been like given any. I'm almost a professional. You're so, so good. Um, it's literally things like uh, I'm just happy if I can get you off. <laughs> we were talking about uh, practicing various judo throws, and it was difficult him getting me off the floor. So he was. I, I don't know what it was. Maybe he just wasn't quite getting the angle right. Which is again taken out of context it can sound pretty fishy but it's various Literally. things like that of uh you know i'm just happy if i can get you off uh oh i'm trying to think of different examples off the top of my head now i don't want to pull my phone out the more will come back to me as a thing but that's like one of the main ones that i can think of uh oh it's like oh you feel a lot tighter than usual like inside a half guard or anything along yeah those lines. yeah yeah just locking those ankles off a little bit more than you usually do exactly and it's like as you sort of build up and become more technical, sometimes you can see it'll just me be... literally being really uncomfortable. Like I'm noticing my own body language here. I'm like, <laughs> but um, other things as well. As you get older, rule brackets change. So he's like, I don't know if I can do that to kids anymore, and just <laughs> bits and pieces like that. I remember that one. Perfectly innocent inside the context. Yeah. In oh. fact, he's we've made a rule that if Paul, not that he ever would. But if Paul were to make an innuendo joke on purpose, he's not allowed to write them down. Exactly. So they are all 100% completely innocent, like quotations. Taken out of context. Um, another time we will go uh, through uh, Out of context, um, judo, jiu-jitsu. Just remember what we're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, so any, anything else about um, why, why you love jitsu so much? Yeah, I would just go back to that thing <laughs> that we were saying before we went on this massive tangent about how some people have a really bad days. Yes. Yeah. Um, bad days. <laughs> yeah. So what I was saying, what was it? What was I saying? Oh yeah. So one of the things I love about it is uh, I was in a worrying bit of cocoon of a really positive environment, but there's a lot of people that absolutely hate their lives. They, you know, they get up, they go to the job they don't like, 
to go home and watch TV, to go to bed physically. And they come to jujitsu and they'll be like, this is the place where I feel alive. This is where I'm happiest. Uh, you know, I had a guy say to me that he'd like to help me clean the, clean the mats at the end of the session because he would rather stay and help me clean the mats than go home to his household by himself. It's an escape at the end of the day. Exactly. It's the, it's, that, it's, it's the violent meditation is obviously now not so effective, but like, not effective, but like when, when you're actually rolling, someone's gonna, trying to trying to put you to sleep or rip your arm off. Yeah, mm. yeah. You, you can't think about problems, family, has that person message you back, that thing at work. You can't, if someone's did about to try and- Did I leave the oven on? Arms being ripped off. You're like I said, you can't think about it. And then you're like, oh, tucking it in. But then like, oh, he's going that way. So like, where do I need to move my weight? Like, It's that um, that flow state, which I, you know, we'll probably go into a bit later. But like, it's the thing I love about it is that we don't just provide a sport to people. It's not just come do exercises in the gym. It's not going. It is. I mean, obviously, for some people, the gym is their, their little safe haven if it wants for them. Mm, there's some obviously massive benefits to like, oh, 100%. strength training, yada, yada, yada. Exactly. Um, but what I love about this is for me as well, like when I'm on the mats and I'm training and I don't have to worry about anything else, I love to just roll. I don't have to worry about anything else, just, just roll. Um, and that, I think that has been something where um, when a lot of people used to say to me, like, oh, you go and start working at Greater Baja Yeovil, you're not, you know, it's going to make you like stop loving jujitsu. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna make it spoil it because you know you you're around it all yeah, the time. You get that you got the thing. People are like, yeah, make your passion your profession, but then you got people like, oh, if you do it, you're gonna hate it. Mm. That never happened to me. I just grew to love it more and more and more and more. But it did. There was definitely a point of me where I'm like, now I'm on the mats. I'm always thinking like, oh, I need to say hello to that person. To check that. And the, I love it when it's like a small group of people. You know, you don't have to work, and I can just switch off, and I'm just rolling. Mm. I'm in that flow state. And it's they great. see me rolling. <laughs> you had to didn't you oh yeah you, you don't give me don't give me little segues like that you're welcome uh, thank you <laughs> this wasn't pre-rehearsed um uh so my next question like obviously said like it is a powerful powerful thing but like how has bjj changed your life if mm. at all i mean i'm all i'm all up for all for all angles all opinions i mean for starters it's given me like a drive and a bit of a profession to sort of pursue you know, when I was finishing up my cadet days, it was one of those things where I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but pursued potentially the idea of going into the forces and that sort of thing. But then, you know, meeting Sam at one of our cadet nights where we were doing some unarmed combat stuff and I had a good time with it, it sort of, you know, when the opportunity came around for me later on in life, I dropped him a message going, hey, are you still doing the, you know, just jiu-jitsu and scrapping, whatever it is. How old were you then? Uh, well, when I when you first met Sam. When I first met Sam, I reckon I would have been about maybe fifteen or sixteen. So the same age as Paul. Literally about the same age as Paul. So it would have been actually no, it would have been yeah about that sort of a bracket region. So a couple of years on, when they kicked me out of cadets because I was too old at that stage, and I just had more free time on my hands. So I was like, well, I enjoyed this from a few years ago. It's stuck in my head, and it's one of those things where. I'll look at things in the back. It's one of those things where once you've done it for the first time and you sort of have that not 
flair for it, but you, uh, you know, it's something that excites you when you do it, and it's just fun. The, in, the enthusiasm, yeah, exactly. You have that enthusiasm, and it it stuck in my head for two or three years. So when it came out, the first thing I thought was, well, I, you know, I want to get back to this. So it's one of the things where I undenied about it for a number of months, and I was like looking at the page, going, okay, I know where that is. How am I going to get there, sort of thing? And I was just working all these different pieces out, and then one day I just thought, well. The more time I spend looking at this website and not actually getting in touch, then yeah. the longer I'm spending debating it. So I just, you know, you could be fit. around there by now, son. Exactly. It was literally <laughs> one of the things where I was like, all I'm doing is debating whether or not that I'm going to do this. Mm. And if I'm going to do this, then all I'm doing is delaying myself and denying myself that opportunity mm. and, and maybe different experiences. Now, had I started when I first met Sam, who knows where I'd be now? But obviously, we are where we are, and yeah. we're yeah. here for a reason. So. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I think that doesn't prove that action is the only answer. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what was a great, a great example of how, yeah, Ham and Ha. Like, we do as people. I don't think we like commit into things, mm. um, even if that thing, even deep down, one you know you really want to do, or two that no, no, it has the potential to change your life. Like, just just jump just jump it, it is one of those things where i like to see something through to the end so when i joined cadets and i went into my cadet hall and i saw uh, ryan margots he was there as the R, uh, the csm rather sorry and i was like that's where i want to be what's the csm uh company sergeant major class one officer grade two which is like just <laughs> high up there in, okay. in the new idea <laughs> it's i know it's high up in the cadet ranks basically it's up there. no comprende espanol Walks around with <laughs> walks around with a cane, and you're like, yeah, he's that guy. Do you know the funny thing is, you still walk around the gym with like we use like a the stick for like mobility. The, the, the broom, walk, yeah, the broom, <laughs> the broom handle. Well, yeah, broom it's handle. a broom handle. Yeah, yeah. Broom handle in the best investment you ever make for mobility. That or a bit of a uh, waste pipe. Yeah, or, yeah, same thing. PVC exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly that. So good for mobility. And um, for coaching in uh, COVID, because you can't get close to people, so you can just poke them with a stick. Poke them with a stick. Yeah, yeah. literally, literally. I got my dad cut off a length of, of um waste pipe like that, and I was poking people with it right at the start. Yeah, creating that different thing. Just move there, or you can. Do you know what? Foot here. Yeah. Coaching people. Like, using a little segue into being a coach. Coaching people where you have to just explain everything, and not be able to just go like, oh, just put your hand there, or you know, or just move your shoulder in. Because it's so easy for me to just go right, just there, just like touch, touch that shoulder and tuck it in, boom. But if I'm like trying to tuck your shoulder in and they're like, mm. and you're just like, oh, yeah, that was even us yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. There was the thing where you, you're like, I'll oh, move your hips and I went, I went the wrong way. Which way? And then it was like that. And, like, that, that, and then, you know, ah, there we go. That's third, third, fourth time lucky. <laughs> but that's the, that's the, I mean, this is the great thing when you have challenges, it forces you to grow. And how much better we've had to, to get at explaining and communicating things when we get back to being able to use. Physical touch. physical touch again it's even better coaching yeah amazing yeah like uh, like cha challenge again this has got nothing to do with why you uh how it's you just don't uh, it may it. may be like this is this is my uh m m modern wisdom just don't do put pressures <laughs> on me all right just give me a moment uh so in, t in terms of like stop it <laughs> you're such a shit stop it <laughs> right so I can't remember what it is now. Challenge, challenge. Oh, yeah, go, go on. You'd say another top one challenge. I was just going to say, like, about 10 minutes ago, you were saying, oh, no, 
Like, yeah, it's all it's all gone to shit, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. One of those things. Like I said, couldn't do the one show. Couldn't do the one show. Sorry, Alex Jones. Anywho, um, challenge. challenge. So like challenge, like cha- we, I think most people spend their entire lives trying to avoid challenges or just getting challenges done over and done with as soon as possible. When people active, when you actively go and look at look for challenges that inspire you, yeah. and are going to get you closer to where you want to be that will completely change your life i'm now actively in a position where i will go and look for problems to make my game better whatever whatever that may be that may be on jiu-jitsu maybe with other things maybe with fitness it may be my business like i'm i'm going and actively looking for these challenges to do it because once you get over it it's a great feeling and there'll always be the next the next step the next step yeah i got well excited when you were talking about that Hit me. Or, do you have I any hint to add on? way that we can tie this back into the jujitsu thing. Oh, <laughs> it's like Go we on. planned it. It's like we planned it. So, when you get when you start getting good at jujitsu, yeah, and like this is from two blue belts here. Um, when you start getting better at jujitsu, I've just been given a white belt, by the way, just just for context. <laughs> yeah, but I've got three of them downstairs, but <laughs> I've got various, first, various I'm, sizes. <laughs> various sizes yeah because it keep getting bigger (laughs) i will be an a1 one day (laughs) but uh so for for me now if i start working with uh, a white belt someone who's only just started training what will i do will i just make it as easy as possible and jump on well i did that yeah never mind but as easy as possible for me just sell them as many times as i can in five minutes no because i'm not going to grow that way what do I do? I'm going to put myself in danger. I'm going to put myself and let you take my back. I'm going to work off my back rather than trying to get to dominant positions. By creating challenges for me, I get to grow in my jiu-jitsu. It ties in to what you were saying about life. It's like we planned it. Just, like yeah, just actively go and fucking look for challenges, especially ones that inspire you. Because if not, you're going to get given challenges that don't inspire you. And we do, and people moan that their lives shit, but they literally just do uninspirational shit. Like, oh yeah, I've got to, uh, got, to, got, to, got to mow the mow the lawn. Fucking pay if you don't want to do it, pay someone else to do it. Hey. Parents who are thinking, oh, I think it'd be great for my kids to do jiu-jitsu. Oh, just I want them to get out. I want Blimming, them to... do it. Yeah, but like family friendly. Family, family. <laughs> there you go. Where well, like, am I back? How many times, like, I'm, I'm really passionate about the kids. I love like jujitsu for everyone. Obviously, mm. I love coaching adults. But I'm really passionate about kids training in jujitsu, and um, not just because of the jujitsu, but because of the life skills it gives them, like the confidence, the respect, the focus, the discipline, all of that. But so often, I hear parents saying, "I want my kids to." start getting out of their comfort zone more. I want my kids to be more confident. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, well, it's probably the best way for them to do that. It's me for you to start doing that. Why should they get out of their comfort zone? I'm like, oh, how would you like to know as well, ladies? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Da, da, da. Like, if hey, you're not getting out of your comfort zone, why is your child going to get out of their comfort zone? Again, I, I'm, I'm not a. Oh, I hope I'm not a parent. I may, <laughs> there may, there may, be, may be a, maybe an illegitimate child running around out there, but, um. One thing I know about being a dad in particular or just being a parent in general is that you are a leader. You are a leader. Mm-hmm. If you are eating, if you're three, four stone overweight and telling your kids to eat vegetables 
and they don't eat their vegetables, yeah. what kind of example are you setting? Mm. If you talk to your wife like shit and then wonder why your kids talk to your wife like shit. So, sorry. Mm-hmm. You, that's the example that, you, that you've set. Like, you, I'm, I'm going to interject here with, yeah. you just, with a... Um, that's the only thing I know about parenting, by the way. You're a fucking leader. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> no, 100% being a role model is huge. Mm, massively. And when I meet a kid and I get to know a child, you know I the know parents. their parents. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to give names or anything. I'm going to do a really good job, just like you did earlier with Paul. <laughs> with Paul. Who else can we bring in? <laughs> um, so in this very room, actually, because this used to be the parents' room before Corona. And now um, it is an office slash podcast yeah. studio slash other things. Many things. Many, many things. <laughs> made that sound really dodgy, aren't <laughs> yeah. Are you? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> back to the story. We had, like, so, okay, we've got these, these families who come and train here. Yes. We have... Um, a family there's a dad and two kids and then there's a dad and two three kids uh one of them like the dad's super hard work and really respectful really kind just out there doing everything the other guy he doesn't try to train with us anymore but he just he didn't have a job he um like was uh literally living off his partner's um wage which if that's what you want if that's the agreement you have if you want to be that fine um he yeah it just just a little bit lazy he was a bit rude and just a few things like that and i was up here with their kids and they were playing uh they were playing uh monopoly which we have up here and one of the kids was like um saying oh i hate monopoly because it's, it's really it's really stressful and you have to think about paying your bills and all that so i was like great opportunity to jump in and talk about life so I started talking to these children about money and saving and what they want to do and how they're going to get that money and working hard and studying to get to where they want to be. The kid with the dad who works really hard, got a great job, really respectful, really kind. He's like, yeah, no, that's why I want to do that. The other one's like, oh, I'm just going to get a girlfriend. She can pay all the bills. And I was like, that was just this boom moment where I was just like, you're looking to your dad and you're, even though you're only like eight, you were literally just copying your dad, and so are you, both kids. So that's why, if you want your child to get out of their comfort zone, if you want your child to be respectful, you need to start working on yourself first, come down to jujitsu, jump outside your comfort zone, and they will follow. Mm. It is literally one of those things where if you stay in stagnant water all the time, the ship isn't going to sail. So yeah, if you, by uh, going into those stormy One waters, thing that my, my coach has said to me, if you're not growing, you're dying. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. there's no staying still. You go up or you go down. Mm-hmm. Take your pick. Where are you coming? Are you coming with me, or are you gonna stay where you are and go backwards? Exactly. It's literally like traveling those paths, which are gonna be harder, mm-hmm. will make you a better person on the other side of things. As you said, if you are stagnant and you're staying in the same place, which some people may be absolutely fine with staying mm-hmm. where they are, if they've reached a point and they've got to a point in their life where they're like, I'm happy with where I am. Yeah, I don't. I'm not looking for growth. I'm looking to just maintain what it is that I have. That's completely understandable. But to always be looking for growth in any aspect of your life, whether or not you're looking at a growth of mindset to be able to sort of, you know, have a greater appreciation of those around you or the things you know which other people may do, or whether or not it's like a personal growth of, you know, being able to get stronger, eating healthier, or something along those lines. It all starts off with committing to actually do something if you're not committing action is the only answer there you go 
by yeah by not doing anything you're not going to grow and if you're fine with not growing then that's fine but if you want to grow and you want to expand and you want to become a better person than you are today then you go. <laughs> <laughs> then you sorry need, george <laughs> you, you need to go out and do it yeah yeah no, yeah no 100 percent agree 100 percent agree sorry there was there was some rustling outside <laughs> Like, I think we have rats. Anywho, moving swiftly on. Uh, so what what are your guys' biggest lessons from uh, from JITS? I feel one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is that you can learn from anybody, mm. whether or not it's... That's good, yeah. You know, the professor that you come into the class to learn... Big up Stu, yeah. On, ...or whether or not it's, you know maybe a kid that's just come through the door everybody will have different perspectives on you know a particular technique or a different life skill and just different approaches to life the wonderful thing about getting involved in a community that's unlike any other community is the fact that you come from different walks of life which means you've got different experiences some of our members of the gym here are you know into their 50s and then you've got you know some of the kids who are going to be you know kids they're going to be Four, five, Four yeah. Or five. So you've got quite, you've got, you know, a large there. spectrum of large spectrum of life experiences and that sort of stuff. So, you know, sometimes somebody may have a technique which they have, they add a little bit of a detail on which works better for you to put it in a jujitsu sense, and that'll be based off of body types. You know, I might be drilling a technique, but somebody who's taller and you know might be a little bit more well built is going to work a technique a little bit better because they don't necessarily have that flexibility. They might learn better in practicing that a different way. But also seeing, you know, how people might overcome adversity, that can be a lesson that you learn yeah. from, mm. you know, yeah. you might have a kid there who's like, I'm finding this difficult, but I'm going to get it anyway. And they sort of have that built in. You're like, that's an excellent it's example. Pool. Mm. It's literally becoming that. Should have just got no, my brother Paul. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. Another Paul, another person. Paul. Paul with um Paul he's got one leg. Exactly. Flamingo Paul. Flamingo. <laughs> like he, he literally kind of. Shout out, shout because he's pretty big on TikTok. Yeah, shout out his TikTok. Uh, I don't know. It's I think it's legless nine. I think yeah, it is. legless. Okay. Legless nine, check, check that on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, I think I follow him. He's quite yeah, funny. Yeah, like it's random guy with one leg yeah. comes up and it's like really funny content. Anywho, carry on. Yeah, Sorry. But I say, like, when you said about coming with adversity, mate, that guy just comes down trains and never heard of his name once ever about anything. I remember when he was sort of relatively new and I was like going to train with him and that sort of thing. It's like, well, do I use the fact that he's got, you know, one leg to my advantage? You know, a little bit like, you know, throwing a bit yeah. of pop culture reference here, the original karate kid where he's like, sweep the leg. And he's like, his leg's injured. And that seems a little bit like a, a dirty move to do. Mm. But then actually speaking to him, he's like, mate, in a competition, they're going to use yeah. that fact. Use it. Like, I can't change the fact that, you know, I don't have a leg you can't change that fact you may as well use that to your benefit because that's going to provide the best level of training for me and then that's that overcoming adversity and seeing that mental um that mental approach to something can really be a lesson so it's not necessarily even jujitsu techniques that you'll learn as a lesson from anybody but different like approaches to life and overcoming adversity and just you know mindset breakthroughs and that sort of stuff you can learn that from anybody I think it's particularly powerful when we think about when Professor Stu says that, because something he says quite a lot. Mm. Because obviously, white belt, next belt after blue, we're both blue belts. Mm. Professor Stu's a black belt. 
a black belt judo uh, he's a ta- like a Muay, Muay Thai MMA trained for a long time yeah so when he says this which is exactly what you said like you know from anyone suddenly that has a lot more weight so this is like a guy who trained for years since he was a kid and he's like yeah no I can learn from these blue belts I can learn from these um, and brand new white belts mm. and I think that's a really powerful lesson sometimes you can even learn more so from the newer people because once you've been sort of training for a yeah. while, you have that sort of fundamental thing in place. You've been taught not necessarily to think a certain way, but you've been told this works for this reason, X, Y, Z. Whereas somebody who comes in with a completely fresh new perspective might see things not necessarily from a better perspective, but just from that sort of different thing. You can almost, in a way, reinvent the wheel. And you're there like, oh, I've never sort of seen about it that way because you always get taught, you know, two plus two is four and that sort of thing. But yeah, the being... kids will ask a question. And you're like, how did you see that there was an armbar in there? I've never seen that. Hmm. And they're like, they they see stuff. They might have only been training for a few months, and suddenly you're just like, oh wow, yeah, great question. You know, what if someone did that? By understanding the you know the fundamental movements to everything, then somebody will be able to see. You know, they'll see. Oh, you can get an armbar from here. You can get baseball bat from here, as the jiu-jitsu example. But then when you've got somebody who's fresh to it all, sometimes it's literally like... Uh, it's know, a different set of eyes. Exactly, a different set of eyes. They go, well, why don't you just move that to there? Because everybody's been looking like this plus this equals this, and they're always focusing on something over here. Whereas a new person who hasn't heard any of that information beforehand is looking at a piece of information over here, which makes a lot more sense. So to be able to sort of have that open-mindedness to be able to learn from anybody, I think is a really important thing, which I've taken away from all of this. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Hit me. Not um, physically, because that hurt. <laughs> I still, still think about what you were saying. Um, I'd say one of the biggest things that I've learned and changed over, over my staff is where I am now, is where it comes to the competition side of things. So when I first started training, it was not to do with competing at all. Didn't bother me, didn't want to compete. Um, I actually started jiu-jitsu because I was training Krav Maga, I was teaching Krav Maga, and I've, I've been told by the head of the, of the, of the British Krav Maga Association, you want to get better at Krav Maga, so do you like boxing or Muay Thai and jiu-jitsu. So I was like, okay, I can do that. And then it started to sink in, I was like, oh, if I'm having to go do these other things, get better at why don't I just do these other things mm. um and so I initially started doing it because I wanted to just get better and become a really solid instructor and so that I could bring more to my team I could teach more to my team um and then I've been training for three months and I said to Sam who we've mentioned a few times absolute legend hashtag get it done get it done royalties yeah, and I said that we had we had a local competition coming up, just a small like um, it was up in Bournemouth. Uh, where a bunch of team going up. I was like, oh, Sam, are these things? Are you a test spectator? I mean, I'd love to go up just for the you know for the experience and support the team. And he was like, you should compete. And I was like, hmm, I've only been training for three months. He was like, yeah, you can if you're going there just for the experience, you can get way more experience from competing. So all right, I'll do it. I rem- I remember that day so clearly in my head, so clearly in my head. I entered where I didn't tell anyone in my family at all. I didn't tell, like, I think they thought I was going to a seminar or something like that, so they did jiu-jitsu training day. And I didn't tell them until I was, like, 
there's a picture of me on the podium with a gold medal. <laughs> and I think I didn't realise I was like competitive or I liked or enjoyed competing until that moment when I was like mm. 21. Yeah, but 21. Because I've never done competition sports or anything. Yeah. But then, over the last three and a half years, because that was literally, I think the fact that I went and I won straight away was like, oh my gosh, this is such a rush. I'm going to do this again. And then, like, throughout my white belt career, I competed, I won, I won, I won quite a lot. And I got the, I... Show off? God. No, this is where I get to the <laughs> No, that is a joke. It. Like, congratulations. But no, get get into the, the crux of your... It's fine. It's fine. It's all good. Um, I did lose one fight. One. Just, just the one. Just single, the one. Single digits. Yeah. Not not quite heavy. But then, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not quite heavy. Um, but this is just at white belts. Most of them were small level competitions. It's not like I was going yeah. to Europeans and what have you. Um, but I started, uh, I like to dive into things. So I started not just studying jujitsu, but I was studying mindset, sports mindset, da, 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 and I was like focusing on what was I doing on the competition days. And I really like trained, I trained really hard to compete. Mm. Um, I trained physically, like in the gym, blah, 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 blah. And I was focusing on gold, 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 gold. You know, and I would train and I'd be sweating, be dying. I want to give up in my head. I'd be like, "Gold champion, win it, number one, da, da, da. I'd be saying those things over and over and over in my head. It worked, but I would get into the competition, I'd look at the podium, and I'd visualize myself on the podium. This stuff does work, by the way, if you're wanting to like become a champion in, in something. This stuff does work, and that's what I was focused on, fixate on when I went to compete. But then I've had like this mindset shift, which has been like, no longer do I try and win, I try and just do my best on that day. So um, there's a study from, I think I've heard from Long Jump, I'll find this in one of the books I recommended to you, um, in the Olympics, those who were focusing on winning during um, like the Long Jump didn't even hit their personal best. Those who didn't mind out winning or losing, all they wanted to do on the day was break their personal best at the Olympics. Ended up being sort of like gold, silver, bronze. So that's where I had like this, this shift. I was like, right, well, now I'm not going to focus on winning, winning, winning. All I'm just going to do is focus on doing my best. If I step on the mats and I do my best jiu-jitsu that day, that's been my, my goal. Yeah. So I want to have fun. I want to enjoy it. And one of the most fun competitions I've ever had now as a blue belt um, was a competition that I... Uh, I got silver, but it was a real small competition, so there wasn't a lot of com- like people to, to fight in it. But the most fun, com- the most fun fight was the one where I lost. But that was the most worthy fight because I had to fight really, really hard the whole way through. You were there for that one, yeah. And like I seen a video of me at the end, I stand up and I'm beaming, like biggest smile on my face because I I'd switch from being like win, 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 win to do this because I love it because I love to do it with other people yeah um and I think the lesson from that taking me into life as well it's like right why would I want to go and do a job and just try and get to the top of this job if I'm not enjoying it why would I want to do you know I want to be doing things and enjoying the whole thing of it not just the little ego-centered medal at the end you know so that's where I think the biggest lesson I've learned is like work hard oh yeah work hard do your best but do it and enjoy it and enjoy the whole thing Everything not comes with it. yeah not just i didn't win and i'm crushed you know i'm mm. quiet after the europeans i cried for like a week because i've been working hard for that went in lost my first fight 
and that was like one of the first songs I'd ever lost and I was crushed and that's where I had to have that like okay you've got to reassess everything now mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely like again probably the most high profile example of that is obviously that Tyson Tyson Fury mm-hmm. I will be heavyweight oh, yeah. champion in the world heavyweight champion of the world beach Klitschko from what was it 2015 2016 something like that yeah I'm nodding, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. A really, uh, tw- a really 20, 20, 26, 26 stone, uh, was in his Ferrari, driving like a dick, was eyeing up a bridge that he was going to drive off. And then had that switch. At Halloween party, said to his wife, Paris, I'm going to kick it. And he went back and he's, no, again, heavyweight champion of the world. He came back, he beat Wilder. He beat Wilder when he was massively, still massively out of shape. Because you just wanted to title fight, yeah. like that. Like it is, it's that re- reassessing it. And he's like, I don't. He's like, this is this is a fun thing. It's not. It's not like there's more to life than this. It's my family. There's the. It's the training. It's the being well. It's, it's having a positive impact on other people. It's having that why, because you know, powerful got, why. If you've yeah. got a powerful yeah. why, I mean, you know, bringing it back into sort of recent things with the fight that happened this weekend. What's George about talking about UFC? I'm going to weave it back into place. But for that, for his last fight, he was fighting for his dad. You know, that was his last. Yeah, fight. I, that I, was such a big drive. Like, I don't know about you, but some, some some like sporting events, you can you can see kind of what's going to happen. Mm. Like, there wasn't a doubt in my mind that Khabib would have lost. Mm. Um. Again, you've got to be like aware of like the distractions, and I know in like in, like I I can cause sometimes look at football season and be like they're on the move, they're going up, they're going to go down, and stuff like that. Like sometimes you can just see it. You just like I don't know. That's just you me thing. Be, I can just be like that, and I'm like last season I was like Bournemouth going to go down, and they fucking did. They got relegated, and I'm like yeah, you know, and it's just like you just you just you just get. Get that why there wasn't like a why an electricity sort of, in the room. Sort yeah, of there's like that that en- en- energy around it. Like, but like Khabib, Khabib would have never lost that. He wouldn't have been twenty eight and one, and no. then he would have been. Oh yeah, my dad. But like, yeah, he just had that. I'm doing this for, for this dad, reason. Yeah. I'm doing. I've made a promise. I'm doing this, and then I'm done. But and, yeah, and again, things things like that, and especially wearing like a like Dagestan, where it's like very family family centric. And it is literally one of those things, it's having that why and having that drive. Mm. There's some people who compete to be the best, as Dudley Reed in the long jump example, is, you know, if you compete to be the best, you may not, you know, get jump past that marker, so to speak. But You're only happy if you achieve that one thing. Exactly. Whereas, you know, a gold place, you know, first place gold medal, that sort of thing, is, you know, the standard. Whereas if you perform to your best effort, and you know in your heart of hearts that you did the best you could on that day, you know you couldn't ask any more of yourself. Yeah. Whether or not you, you could, you know, compete, maybe not feel like you've done your all and you can maybe beat yourself up a little bit. But if you go in there and you're like, I've given it my all. Everything that I've done, I've given it towards that moment. And regardless of the outcome, if you've given everything, you've given everything you know you have nothing else to give, you can't criticize yourself on that mm. whether or not it's actually enough to sort of overcome the obstacle that's in front of you is a completely different matter but you know in yourself i have managed to give everything that i've got towards this and there's no doubt in my mind that i wasn't driven enough to do this 
Yeah. Amazing. Is anyone, have you got anything else to add? Yes. yes. Hit me. The other lesson, if you want to get good at something, keep turning up. Repetition is the mother of all skill. <laughs> and you're a fucking idiot if you don't show up. If you say you want to get back up. You tell a man, you find out what matters to a man by what he does. If you don't show up, it clearly doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. yeah. So whether that's jujitsu, work, Life, yeah. anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. relationships, whatever. What you put time, mm. where, where the energy is. Where attention goes, energy flows, results will show. I'm just going to drop that mic there a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> this this is definitely one for the like the, the the viewers, not the not the listeners, because there would be like there's going to be like this thing slapping on the mic. Sorry, because that probably really hurt if you had headphones yeah. in. Um, yeah, yeah. Headphones, headphones appreciation. Yeah. So, sorry, guys, I yeah. do profusely apologise if you're still listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, you were saying showing up, repetitions, yeah, mother of all school. Yeah. What you invest in, that's where your heart's going to be. Whether that's like, you know, if I, that's it's one of the reasons why I think it's so important for people to invest in, if you're not sure if you're going to want to do jujitsu, invest in it, buy a course. Because once you've invested in it, your energy's going to go into it and you're going to like it. For sure. If you're just trying to get something for free, something for free all the time, your heart's not going to be there. And it's the ta- same with money and time. Because time is actually a more powerful like currency than than the money 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 comes back yeah time can't come back yeah so if you're investing your time in something that's where your energy is going to be that's when you're going to get better now whether that's and that's something that's so powerful to learn from jiu-jitsu which i can take into every single area of my life what i invest my time into it what i invest my energy into what i study what i learn what i think about constantly that's what i'm going to get better at yeah no 100 percent agree like um obviously like i said i've only been doing the the whole jiu-jitsu thing for like a relatively short amount of time like yeah i've got probably got two three months experience on because there was a bit of training before um covid but then i was away and then it was locked down and then it was yeah. coming back and all of that shite um long, long and short of it one of the biggest lessons uh that i've certainly learned from uh jiu-jitsu is there's a there's a lot of you can end up in quite uncomfortable positions, but some sometimes if it doesn't hurt and they can't hit you, just you, you like it's not a bad idea to sort of stay where you are. So like um was 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 training with George, I was in an uncomfortable position. Yeah, there was times where I was like panic, 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 move, get him off, get him off, get him off. And there's other times where it's like, right, I'm I'm in this position. Can he hit me? Can he sub me? Can he choke me? Am I safe? Yeah. Can he pull my arm off? No, I'm fine. I'm kind of fine where it is. Now, I took that. I realized I learned that lesson when I went, <laughs> you know what's coming. <laughs> so it sounds like, it sounds like a really silly story and I've told it to some people and they don't get it. But like what, what it is, is so when we went to, um, I went to monkey world right and i don't like being first i don't like when it's sort of the control is taken away from me um i like to like we were all in control of our lives at pretty much every opportunity like again whenever a, a good tactic that i've started doing recently is if i don't feel like i'm in control i'll go and do something that proves i'm in control like i'll just drop everything and go for a walk on on the boss like i've gone out i've taken i've taken myself away from it and i will i will choose to go back into it 
um, just to prove that I'm in control. Anywho, moving back on. And I don't like being trapped inside of things and like uh, like confined spaces. I wouldn't say I'm like claustrophobic or anything like that, but I don't like it. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. So yeah, like it's 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 the be it's the being trapped and everything like that. So when I went to Monkey World, I went for a wee. Like as, as you do, I went to, went to the toilet. I need. I had a drink. Pretty extreme reason just to go to Monkey World. <laughs> I really needed a wee, so I drove forty five minutes to <laughs> Monkey World, paid the privilege to get in. Uh, no, so basically, uh, basically we were there and you were there. We were looking at the monkeys and stuff like that, and I was a bit gutted because I like gorillas and there wasn't any gorillas. So that was that was pretty heartbreaking. So I, I um, time went time went on and like, had a drink. And blah, 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 blah. Obviously, what goes in must come out. So I was like, oh toilet's over there i'm gonna go in um i go to i go to lock lock the door and these toilets obviously it's like sort of that trying to make that jungle environment in a forest in dorset but so i I go in and it was like these were sort of rackety shared and i think it was kind of the aesthetic that they were going for and i I go to lock the toilet because i mean when i'm going for a wee i don't want anyone to walk in on me that's not someone any that's not one anyone wants to see um so i, I go in i lock, lock lock the door and i and i did what i needed to do um and then obviously when, when she finished you, you want to come up said said toilet I normally, normally, normally yeah. Yeah. yeah nine times out of ten um i come to come to oh <laughs> this is the one <laughs> um so you open i go to open the door and i'm like start like pulling and shaking <sighs> why is it why is it not coming why is it not coming like, like looking down, oh, like, have I missed something? <laughs> but I'm referring to the door. I'm not referring to anything else. Just, just for the, just for the, just for the viewers and the listeners there. So I was sort of sh- shaking, shaking this door, trying to open it, pull and push. I'm looking down. I'm looking at the lock, and it's like I still see it's across. But I'm like, it says like twist this way. There's not like there's a second lock that I've just not been a knobhead and not undone. And I was there, and I'm like, hmm. What would George do? <laughs> I didn't think of George. I didn't think of George until afterwards. I promptly texted him to say, this has happened. I, did, I, uh, yeah. I remember the text. <laughs> <laughs> and I was there and I'm like, hmm, like I'm, I'm not in trouble, but like, this is a situation I don't want to be in. And I'd literally just thought like someone had said to me like that their worst nightmare is to be stuck in a toilet, locked in a toilet. And I'm there like, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in living, I'm living this guy's worst nightmare. Um, and I'm there like that and I'm like, and i can see it and what 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 happened was is that is that is the like the locking mechanism of the door just completely failed like the handle would have gone all the way around had it had like the other door frame not been there um and i was stuck and i was like shit okay this is a situation so yeah we're trying to open it um eventually the man the maintenance man came along and um uh, bust it open with a crowbar and i was like i was like look there was a window at the back, but like you had to go into like the bushes to get there. And I was like, all you need to do, like, like he like he doesn't need to stay around. He just needs to give me like a crowbar or a hammer. And it's like I'll get myself out. It's fine. And I'm there, and he like sort of like arcs it, arcs it up, and like, oh yeah, I'm like, like, I was like, oh, what's happened there? And I was like, bro, I can tell you exactly what happened. But a bit, a bit, and like mechanisms failed. Like it's just you need to lock it and just replace it because it's fucked. Dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous, and you can have it's. It, luckily, it's an adult. What if that was a child? And that's the first thing you think is, is it a child? I'm like, no, it's not. And then he proceeded to do it really like, slowly. Yes, it is. Yeah, Mom, let me oh, out, Mom. 
mommy trapped me in um <laughs> then you'd be out in a second oh yeah you would kick the door down there and then he's like get back get back uh, uh any Bye. any You're any tall. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he'd probably get away with it exactly um <laughs> so yeah i was there and i'm like oh, fuck, i fucking freak out and like been time like even, even sort of in lockdown like if i hadn't like there was sort of been like i've sort of been out on my walk and i'm like oh or if, if, if I, like, I can't go out again i can't go out again and just start to play in my mind and it would be a point where it's like i should go buy some shopping so i can go out again mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that and i started to get a bit agitated and start pacing and i'm like mm-hmm. okay like there i had a choice to get out of that situation but had like physically being locked in i'm like i don't know what would have happened there but that's a nice little anecdote of something that i've i've learned already is the is there a sensation of relief when you uh, got uh the situation yeah i was like thank fuck that that's over and like obviously that guy gave me a hand to get out but like uh it would have been it would have been useful to like i would have been like I would have just rather done it myself, like because it would have been a bit quicker, and I would have been occupied, and my energy would have been focusing on breaking the lock or like moving the moving the lock across. The fact that uh, the person got brought into it, you're thinking, well, you know, how do I make it up to you, sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, oh my god, <laughs> I nearly, we nearly went backwards. Then it was nearly a disaster. I would like to ask you a question. Hit me. What's the question? How do you think the <laughs> How do you think the monkeys feel all the time? Oh, Ooh. wow. Ooh. I'd not thought of that. Like, I mean, part of me. You lived a, you lived a small experience of monkey work. Imagine that. Like, from yeah. a, from maybe, 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 maybe that's what's supposed to happen with that toilet. What if a guy came around instead of giving you a crowbar? Give me food. started looking at you through the window. What if they started selling tickets? Well, why do, to- why do these imagine toilets have windows? They, imagine if they started selling tickets to come see you. Part of I'd be work. a great like, just I'd be the Such I'd, a sophisticated monkey, well exa- groomed. He's <laughs> got lovely hair. Um, but yeah, no, I'd a bit. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting, really, really interesting thought. Like, I mean, I mean, what for those guys? Like, quite a lot of them are were stuck in cages, like very small confined cages, like battery chicken cages, and or were ill or in like injured and would have probably died. So, I mean, from the monkey's point of view, I'm sure they appreciate being in that environment rather oh, than dying. rather than dying or being confined in a cage, like a, yeah. a much smaller cage. But luckily, these these bits, they're like quite vast and expansive and so they can go outside. Happy. Yeah, they I think. Yeah, like they, they I think the whole monkey world thing is they try to do it right. Yeah. But also they're not like know, trying to be like, oh, it's trying to get as many people in. It is like welfare, welfare, welfare. Then. It's one of those things where if something's sort of bred and born in, let's say Harvey was born in that cubicle, and he never, <laughs> le- and he never, and he never left the cubicle, he would never know not? anything different. If we left him there, well, if he, if that's I mean, all I mean, know. that man, the guy took long enough. It felt like I was been born there. It was it just doubled my so it life. Took a long time, yeah. Took a long it took, time. It may, have been it may, it may have been a couple of minutes. May, maybe would have maybe been a couple of minutes, but in, to me, that was like I was in there for a good twenty minutes. Yeah. Like time, to, you know, like when you're in that situation, it's like slows down. Someone's on top of you. You're like getting that, like choking. You're like oh, everything's starting to slow oh, what down. What kind of do you get to, Harvey? <laughs> 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 you know what? Competition is really weird. Time. 
Okay, look, this is an insight I could don't have yet. So if you're in a dominant position, it lasts for if you're in a dominant position, yeah, okay, yeah, it's super slow. If you're in a you bad position, yeah, oh, shit, okay, yeah, because yeah, you're like, all right, I've got 30 seconds left, I'm gonna hold this dominant position for 30 seconds, and they're trying to escape. If you're in a bad position, there's 30 seconds left, and you know, you're you've got to escape because you're down on points. That time is like, oh, blah, 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 and you, you, yeah, it's gone for you now, yeah, time is very weird on the maps. Mm. Moving into the last sort of section, uh, and we're looking at the mindset from uh, BJJ. So one thing that I would start off talking about um, initially is is getting into that white belt mentality. So there's always someone better. There's all there's all, and there's always something to learn. I think that's really beneficial. Like it, especially in especially in life, like you, there's always going to be someone that's a little bit cleverer, that's a little bit stronger, that's probably a little bit better at jiu-jitsu, yada yada yada, and. Then, it's like a it's a, again it's a growth it's a challenge opportunity to to progress yourself is there anything you have sort of to, to add off that sort of white belt mentality um mindset wise there's so much to dive in that i think one thing that i'd say is like not necessarily mindset per se but like certainly the psychology of it yeah i think something that um jiu-jitsu or grappling sports have an edge on over other other martial arts or other sort of sports is the physical contact, yeah. which obviously we're lacking now at the moment because of COVID. Cheers, Rona. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that physical contact, because obviously when you go train anything, you get like sort of um, adrenaline, endorphins, and that sort of thing, dopamine from from exercising. Yeah. But when you get like that physical contact with another human being, you're also getting um, oxytocin, which is cuddles, the love hormone, um, which sound can sound really weird, but that's so important for our for our, for our health, for our brains, like. So many people don't get lots of lots of hugs now. You know, we couple. Yeah, you guys. Can Tell me why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> honestly, like that, it's so powerful. For and sure. I think, like, if you look at like a lot of animals, like little baby tigers and stuff like that, they're always like doing that whole grappling thing, monkey these, you know, go back to the monkey thing. Gorilla. Oh, stop bringing up the monkeys. <laughs> but like, it's quite an animalistic thing, and from your first day on the mats. You're not going to be rolling, like sparring per se, but you'll be doing some positional sparring, that kind of thing. And straight away, you get to put into practice the, what you've learned with another human being, and it's a powerful connection. And once you... It's like learning a language. Each time you turn up, you learn another bit of a word. Or, yeah. And then you can start to thread it together into sentences. Then you can start to have a conversation with another person. And that's really important, what we talked about. Mm. When you're rolling with someone... It needs to be that talk, that listen, that talk, that listen. It's a discussion as opposed to having like almost what not one person like dictating everything. Mm-hmm. It needs to be a, an equal flow of conversation. You know, let's take for example breaking the fourth wall a little bit with this podcast. If it's just Harley speaking for an hour and a half, and we're today going, yeah, it's very good. <laughs> then I mean that would be a great podcast. Oh, amen. I'd listen to that. <laughs> but you, but you know what I mean. It, yeah it's one of those my, things. Te- my hour and a half ted talk <laughs> exactly <laughs> on why you just you shouldn't be a dick in a discussion it needs to be a bit of back and forth yeah. it needs to like you know if you're finding oh i'm talking a, quite a lot in this segment then you pass it on to mm-hmm. another person to be able to that's why i ask what are your thoughts exactly mm-hmm. Time to be yeah, yeah. not my not my first radio is it 
Um, <laughs> but like when I was saying to you about, I really want to teach you slow rolling. Yes. Um, yeah. Is where I'm not trying to sub you. You're not trying to sub me. We're just going for it. We're having a chat. We're having it's a conversation. Very, where we where we tried we tried that the other day. Like it was, it was very odd, and like I'm like, oh, God, I could go for a neck, but then I'm like, it's not kind of what we're trying to achieve, and it's almost turning off that kill, mm -hmm. which I think we need. That yeah, when you are sparring or where you are practicing a submission, you do need that to be like kill bang get over the line like it's to just turn that off and have that like flow and get into these different positions yeah it's the difference between having a debate like if i'm not having a, like a, a debate as an official competition debate then i'm going to be wanting to to crush the other the other person with with words yeah but if i'm having a chat with someone i'm just gonna have a chat with that person so i always ask okay. what's your insights yeah absolutely yeah amazing for value um it's just about listening to the other person. Two-way street. Yeah. Big two-way street. Amazing. Um, and like some, something else that, yeah, obviously everyone is, is, is graded through their belts. Yeah. And you have your... Okay. Yeah, no, that's going to yeah, just interject at any point. But obviously, you, you go you go for your belts. And I'm sure like when I get to Black Belt, George will like uh, take it off of me. But like um, when, when we're looking at our like... Uh, belts obviously you start with like a white belt you get your stripes blue belt get your stripes purple belt get your stripes brown belt purple uh, get brown, brown belt get your stripes black black belt get your stripes um and like some people stay at some people stay at purple some see, that's very <laughs> true some people do stay at purple um yeah so like it's it's just going through that sort of like the motions and the and the flow with it all um to have yeah, to, to, to get there, but like just because you're a blue belt doesn't mean it's probably unlikely, but you, there's a chance you can still put a purple belt. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. 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 There's, there's always that. There's always that chance. But like, <laughs> you mean you're like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's one of those things which um, it isn't just because you've got a coloured yeah. belt doesn't guarantee it. Like, yeah. if anything, a coloured belt, like somebody who's let's say third or fourth stripe white belt, mm. when they go Hopefully from that in position a, there like eighteen months to a blue belt. Their technical abilities remain the same, yeah. but for the visual mindset of other people, it almost acts as a little bit of a target. They're like, well, now they're a blue belt, they're at that standard, and people will try a lot harder. Whether when it's sort of you know a good white belt, then they're like, yeah, they're pretty good. And then when they get to, when they pass that threshold and go into the next margin, and I imagine it's the same for all belts when somebody you know goes from blue to purple purple to brown and then brown to black especially i reckon brown to black that's going to be one of those you just have somebody this tar gets target on your belt. back yeah you think you've got think, so much better i think it's a weird one is when like especially when it's from other schools because you don't roll them all the time mm -hmm. but when there's like a so i'm a blue belt no stripes but i've been rolling with a blue belt three four stripes i subbed them they subbed me i subbed them they subbed me and you know like they are better than me they've been training longer than me but then they get a purple belt and suddenly you go like oh subbed them two weeks ago i'm gonna have a purple belt and it's exactly the same person they've yeah. not gotten that much better in two weeks but suddenly it you you you're Whoa, it's different there's and that I, visual uh yeah I don't, know what, I don't know what the word for it would be but it's just yeah, there's that visual sort of indication like oh okay you're at that level now sort yeah of thing. Hmm. one thing when i went oh, earlier all excited Going. was classic thought, oh, yeah if we went all the way through this without mentioning this this would have been crazy with the whole mindset thing do not 
this is important for those who are watching, not listening. I just look at the camera. Camera. Hello, camera. Hi, guys. <laughs> My mom. <laughs> Do not come to jujitsu for belts or stripes or medals. Because you'll only be disappointed. Mine's just to beat George. That's all I want to do. After I've beaten George. Trust me, same here. Just not to beat him. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that's, that's uh, rude. Stop. Turn off some of the lights on. Mm. The outdoor lights. Outdoor lights. <laughs> Anyways. That's cool. Escape that's from the alarm, saying to turn off, just turn on the lights. Yeah, if you're, if you're coming to train for stripes and promotions, then you're training for the wrong reasons. Or gold medals. Mm. Uh, it's like, you come to jujitsu. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to do what you do. You get all excited about it. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu is supposed to be about not having an ego, about stripping your ego. So why is Storm it when and you beaten get, up by dogs. So when you get yeah. a stripe on your belt, why do I see you posting it in a massive BJJ group on Facebook with like thousands of people that you don't know? And you get hundreds of comments saying, well, don't make you train. Da, 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 da. You're never going to see these people probably ever in your life. You're doing it back, back, back. For yeah. something you don't even know. You know, it's like, don't train for belts. Don't train for stripes. Because otherwise, everyone else might get promoted and you might not. And you go, oh, I'm not any good at jiu-jitsu. Or you work hard, work hard, work hard, so hard on your white belt, trying to get to your blue belt. You get your blue belt and you suddenly go, oh, no, blue belt can't be the normal bit of my belt. Do I want to do all of that again? And now everyone's trying to serve me. Disappearing blue belt. Yeah, and blue belt's always, you know, that's the where most people leave is at blue belt really okay yeah so once you sort of pass that threshold of uh getting into the purple brown and that sort of area then you're more likely to then yeah you you, there's a it's the sunk cost fallacy you have more to lose from walking away yeah so don't train for position rank train because you love it Mm. and because you want to learn from it in defense of the pictures and that sort of stuff like by all means, put them up on your own personal thing because then it's you know something to be proud of you to let your folks. Like I said, I would, I would... post them on the groups if you want to post them on the groups. If that's what makes you happy, go for it. Like, but it won't make you happy in the long run. When I when I get my first stripe, I, I'm not too worried when, but like, it would be like a big. I don't know what what the right word. It's not like a a recognition of your hard work. Almost is that is yeah. that the right way to yeah, phrase yeah, it? Yeah, 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 definitely, hundred yeah, percent. Like, I I will d- definitely do that because there's lessons in it. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, like this, this isn't for you. It's for me. Yeah. And like this, this little bit of tape. That's all it is. Is a little bit of tape. Mm-hmm. And like that means a lot to me. But then like, but look at my Instagram. I've got pictures of my blue belt. I've got pictures of my medals. Yeah. But for us in the world that we live, social media for you. Like much of your business is on social media. Yeah, the majority of it. Ma- massive. Yeah. Like if it wasn't for for business, I'd get rid of social media. But like, when I get my purple belt, will I put that on social media? I probably will, because it's a. So it's, it's a, proud of your it's, a it's a highlight yeah, reel. It's not your drive. You've got to remember that your inst- like Instagram, especially is is like is your is your highlight reel, and a big getting a purple belt that's going to be a, 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 bit, a big a big a big achievement for you. Like awesome awesome friends who I adore to pieces. He got his purple belt. Yeah. I didn't know he had his purple belt for like two months, and I only knew he had his purple belt because I saw him. In a picture, and he had a purple belt on, just in like a group picture. I was like, "Mate, you got a purple belt?" And he's like, "Yeah, I got it two months ago." Da, da, da. But he didn't put up a big, "Hey, look at me, I've got a purple belt." Mm. He just carried on training, and I really respected that about him. Yeah. yeah, I think it's one of those things to be proud of your achievements, but don't let like 
don't let that be a driving factor for you. Mm. Yeah. So something I've written down here is better than be better rather than belts. Mm. Better over belts. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of like summarizes that quite nicely. Um, there's sort of two two more things uh, that I'd really like to fire over and just get it over there. Um, is one of my absolute favorite quotes, especially in relation to jujitsu. Um, is a is a John Kavanagh quote, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, John Kavanagh, Conor McGregor's coach, um, a, a black belt is only a white belt that never quit. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what, what's your thoughts on that? I know you're like you're, you're, you're a fan, George. It's, hit me with a, hit me some knowledge. I definitely would agree. It's, uh, like as you were saying earlier, with that white belt mentality, all it is is you just got to keep turning up. If you keep turn, if you cannot improve at something, unless you don't, unless you do it, there's no way you can keep doing something mm. and you won't get better yeah. at it, unless yeah. you're obviously getting taught wrong but that's a completely different sort of thing if you keep turning up and doing the same thing over and over again you're going to get better at it you're going to get faster at those movements you're going to be more fluid with it you're going to just have that muscle memory in place and you're going to improve so it is basically yeah, keep turning up and white belt is just you know white belts come back mm. absolutely it's not from getting dirty it's from getting new belts exactly don't oh, be a dirty that. bastard. Amazing. Um, I can't remember what the other thing was I wanted to talk about. And I have a feeling I'm going to miss out on it. Was something we said about earlier? You said about um, it being really important for women to do, I think. Yes, yes. Yeah, hit us with the, so... hit us with the lady facts. That sounds really wrong, but like... <laughs> <laughs> Word phrasing. <laughs> Welcome to the list. <laughs> so, um, yeah, jiu-jitsu still, there are, there's so many more men that train jiu-jitsu than women. Um even though like in our school um i run the school here i'm the, i'm on the facebook a lot we put lots of pictures up of women and stuff like that the kids is kind of quite a good mix though i still think it's more boys and girls yeah um there are more men than women that train jiu-jitsu and i think that's probably going to be the way for a long time because it just is like inbuilt with us i think or society i don't know what it is the men love to go and grapple women are a little bit more nervous about it but I think it's that jiu-jitsu is one of those sports where women can actually do really well in against men. Like when it comes to running, that's like men just built physiologically, physiologically more yeah. ad, uh, like a, a more advantageous position. Exactly. There's some things swimming, because swimming, mm. like long, especially long distance swimming, our bodies are There's a for that. There's like a there's I'm not sure there's like a there's something about it I can't remember like the specific details but like you don't pick your sport you pick sport sport yeah. especially if you're like sprinting swimming like if you've got diddly little arms and diddly little legs probably not a natural swimmer doesn't mean you can't swim yeah yeah but like if you've got a long reach yeah. natural and you're a bit taller yeah. swimmer basketball players how many basketball players are in, the, in are there in the NBA who are under six foot exactly. not many. I don't know the exact numbers. I know someone will probably correct me on that, but like there is not a lot of people under the six foot yeah. barrier. It is these six, four, six, five, six, yeah. six people that go on to be like that. Like, yeah. But then when you look at like jockeys, for example, in the. Again, tiny. tiny. Yeah. Exactly. Because they're, they're lighter. I'm, true, true. I'm, I'm a little bit too tall for a jockey. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Well, you know, I'm happy with doing jujitsu. <laughs> but like with jujitsu. You get all shapes and sizes. Absolutely. And There's big guys, big girls, little, small, in between, lanky, stocky. You look at um, ADCC. Mm. Yeah. You. It's funny. The people who win at ultimate at the end of the absolutes, most of the time, are the bigger people. 
this it makes sense but you can have the absolutes where sometimes it'll go the other way the small person will be the armbar and the giant person um, David and Goliath sort of thing. Yeah. I was literally just thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great minds. <laughs> yeah. Sling, knock them out, chop their head off. It's all there. Um, Slightly questionable under the uh, Abu Dhabi Combat <laughs> Club rules. <set. laughs> questionable, not illegal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like it is a sport where women can get involved and train with men. For and, sure. Like, if I were to fight with a guy who's the same sort of weight as me, been training as long as me, I can hold my own. Um, it's not that, you know, there's a lot of sports where you, you can't do that as a woman then also the power that you feel like when I injured my knee I was saying I can't run and I can't fight and I was walking walking through Yeovil both the place oy, oy. <laughs> same yeah. place in the country though at the moment. oh yeah because for coronavirus yeah, but, but yeah like yeah, just the, the other the other things make it a, a teeny bit unsafe come exactly. come 1001 <laughs> there's corona and many other things <laughs> but like when I suddenly thought I can't defend myself if something happens for those you know, busted my knee up and I was like is this how most women feel all the time and I asked a few of my girlfriends who don't train jiu-jitsu like what's it how do you feel if you walk through town at this time of night because they're like oh mate I flipping would never do that unless I had some ointment blah, blah 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 yeah and I was like there's a lot of confidence that because I've been doing martial arts now since I was like 18 I've almost forgotten what it feels like